G'day guys, welcome to the North Queensland Cowboys 2023 team preview. A team that finished in the regular season in third position. They spanked the Sharkies in week one of the finals in Golden Point, but then they crashed out to the Eels at home in the prelim final. But to help me analyse the squad, very excited Riley. He's done a lot of work on these guys in the preseason. Riles, how are you, man? Good, TK. Good to be back for a second season. Um, full pre-season in now, so let's hope we avoid second round syndrome, mate. Yeah, for sure, mate. I don't think we have anything to worry about with you because you've actually ripped into the Cowboys over the off-season. I'm really looking forward to hearing what your your takes are tonight. So tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we'll do studs, duds, cashies, a little bit of Trap City. If we have time, we'll go to draft and also a bit of a bounce back. But, Ross, talk to me about the Cows because you follow them very, very closely being a supporter. You know, a lot, a lot of people think they overachieved, but they just played such a great brand of footy last year. Can they go even further? 2023, man. Like you said, TK, huge bounce back factor 2022. Peyton really worked hard to establish an effort-based and performance-driven culture, which was low risk, um, high reward, which really suited their game. Um, they ground teams into the ground. They didn't just try and win it in the first 20 minutes. They tried to play um, to that 80th minute and mm. you saw in that Eagles game like they scored three tries in the last couple of minutes to get the win so um, big effort from them in 2022 they've still got a young roster not a lot of rookies in it but they've got experience in key positions um, and then Cotter was probably the big talking point out of 2022 along with Robson they just had absolutely outstanding seasons yeah two weapons there mate but I guess the, the best thing about the Cowboys is the spine doesn't change so the cohesion is just there I guess they'll probably miss Tom Gilbert and, and the Hammer, but we're going to talk about a couple of really good replacements there tonight, Ross. Yeah, definitely. There hasn't been a lot of movement in the roster, similar to the Sharkies, so that's one thing in 2023. They're sort of going to be at the pointy end of the season again, and hopefully, um, yeah, same thing doesn't happen to Para. <laughs> now, Ross. How good is this bloke? Let's hit studs, because you're pumped to talk about those two guys you just mentioned, Cotter and Robson. We'll start with Ruben Cotter, because we all love his mullet. 744k, mate. Break-even of 51. He does lose a jewel this year, but you've got a really high projection on him. Talk to me about him. I'm going to start by saying with Cotter, when we get to the run home, he probably should be in everyone's top 17. Um, He's not fully priced for round one. Average 52 points, um, 56 points in 61 minutes, sorry, when starting at prop in 2022. Um, Given or take slightly, saying he's going to get a 60-minute roll in 2023. Projected an average of between 55 to 57 fantasy points. So um, he's going to be an elite mid up there with the likes of Murray. Um, Tino, we're looking it's going to have a breakout season as well. So he's going to be there and you're going to need him at the pointy end of the season. Yeah, Ross, what I really loved was start of the season, decoy and great defender. Then he really started, his attacking game started to come in. And I think you're right. He'd be in, oh, he's in my top two locks. He just brings so much energy to the game. Even though that he's going to wear the 10, he's really the lock in this team. Definitely, and I think he's probably got improved job security this year as well because he started a couple of games off the bench and sort of worked into that prop role and second half of the season, um, he was a lock starting along with Tamalolo there. So um, big season from him. I think there's even more upside for him this year as well. Um, He didn't probably register the attacking stats he could have in terms of tries, Mm. try assists and all that sort of stuff. So there's definitely room for um, improved output there this year. Yeah, Ross, any concern about him losing the dual hooker, which is always very important? The other thing is how he manages the workload of origin. And, yeah, probably those two are probably my main two concerns. But is it one of those things you just want to lock in just a gun for the start of the season? It's interesting because... When you look at him and Murray, there's two, nearly 200k difference. So 
Um, there is a potential to go with Cotter there and save 200k to spend elsewhere. I don't think he does lose value without the duel just because he is going to be such a premium mid. But during that origin period, Peyton is going to heavily manage him. Um, the buy schedule isn't favourable, which is why I'm going to suggest you get off him before round 13 because from round 13 onwards until round 20, I'm projecting he's only going to play one full game because in rounds 14, 17 and 20, he'll be backing up from origin on a Wednesday night. So um, reduced minutes coming off the bench. Um, definitely get off then, um, straight swap to another gun and then get him back in after origin for the run home. So this might work out pretty well. So ride him into the origin period, let him yep. sell him, let him come down in price and maybe get him at a nice little discount. Maybe 600 Low 700Ks if you're lucky. Oh, you're tickling my fancy here. Now, let's move on to Reese Robson because he reached elite status here, Ross. 783K he opens up at break-even of 54. The biggest question I've got for you is looking at him, he scored a lot of tries last year. Great attacking. We got. We, I think we saw the best of his attacking play. Can he repeat? I had a look into this and Cook's try scoring rate was 0.4 per game and Harry Grant's was 0.5. Mm. And so was Robson. So... With his forward um, support of his forward through the middle, I'm going to say he can keep that. Um, he's got a, that 80-minute role now. From round six onwards, he solidified that. And he averaged 50 points per game um, with a 17-game sample size there. So I'm projecting he's going to be up there again. He was a tier below Cook and um, Grant just because um, of Grant's kicking game and Cook's greater net tackle count and tackle bust. So he's going to be below them, but he's still going to be there. Um, I know a lot of coaches, I wasn't one of them um, just because my cap wasn't high enough, but um, a lot of coaches were running him as that second cheaper hooker last year because they couldn't afford to get Grant and Cook in the same team. Yeah, if you're running him as a second hooker, you're a gun. But I actually do think he can repeat because I think a lot of his attacking skills are it can continue. Like he's just a yeah, really good player. Like what, what he was doing on the field, it wasn't like he was doing Superman acts. A lot of it is... Just his great fitness and great skill set. Every time um, someone made a break, whether it was one of the backs or one of the forwards, he was right there ready for the next play. So um, he loves a dive over um, from dummy half as well. So I'm definitely expecting he can back up his 2022 season. Yeah, with him being down in the pecking order for the New South Wales, might be just a nice little gun hooker just to lock in for the start of the season, just hold all the way through. Now, Riles, what we'll do... No, 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 no. ...is we'll move on to Duds, and we've got the returning James Tarmow. Now, he comes in at a huge price of 573k because he's played plenty of minutes at the Tigers. Won't see that same sort of minutes right at the, at the Cows this year, man. Yeah, in all honesty, it's a questionable signing, let's just say that. <laughs> um, he, he's definitely going to have a change role. He's going to be a bench forward, um, not playing big minutes. They've got too many mouths to feed by the time you've got um, Cotter, Lolo, and then you've got Neen coming off the bench. You've got Hess and McLean. So projecting he's only going to score 30, 30 points per game, playing 30 to 35 minutes off the bench. So um, he's priced at 40 as well, so yeah, 10 points overvalued and definitely one to steer clear of. Yeah, especially for the newbies. I think everyone that's coming in for the first time this year is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Don't go on name value. His role is going to be ridiculously reduced and his price is way too high. So just stay clear of that one. But what we'll do... Trap city bitch, trap, trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap, trap city bitch, trap city bitch, trap, trap city bitch. Our favourite time of the night, Rolls, we've got Trap City. And he's one of our favourite players between the two of us, but 
He's burnt us quite a bit over his last two seasons. We're talking about Jason Tamulolo. Now, Lolo comes in at 630K, a break-even of 43. The most managed man in rugby league history roles. I just can't copy him, man. Give me your thoughts on him. I luckily avoided him last year, and I think I'm going to avoid him again this year. Um, Over the last three seasons, he's had a significant drop in PPM. He's no longer the sole leader of their forward pack with the emergence of Cotter and McLean's return to form. Sometimes he's only having one stint if they're blowing teams off the park. So definitely one to avoid. I know I will be. Um, but potentially watch his minutes. He's priced mid-600. So um, if the Cowboys forward pack was to become decimated by injury, maybe around origin time he could be a potential smoky just as a bit of a pod play. Um, increased minutes for when Cotter's not there, if McLean's going to be around the New South Wales team again this year. So there might be more minutes there for him. Yeah, what I love about Todd Payton and Rolls, he doesn't care about fantasy. Like, his management of Tampa Milola last year was just first class. Like, when you think he got the best of him, when I went to that game against the Sharks in that in the semifinal, that is the best Lolo has played in oh, maybe five years. And he literally played the entire game. They had him ready for that game, and it was because of the back-end management that he was able to do it. Him and Ricky have to be mates, eh? Because they just both hate fantasy. <laughs> They just hate us all together. All right, ladies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we've still got plenty to go. We've got our cashies, which we're going to have a couple of good ones here. And we've also got our bounce back and uh, drafts to come. But if you haven't yet, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. You can also join the banter on social media, especially on Facebook, Talking League Pod, Twitter, Talking League One, Instagram, Talking League Pod. Big announcement, the Talking League textbook. That will be out on January 30 and features a comprehensive guide to NRL fantasy for 2023. We've got 180-plus pages, the 17-team uh, profiles, predicted round one lineup, season schedule analysis, representative player analysis. We've got 391 player profiles, and that's all with projections and classic and draft recommendations. Q&A with the last two champs of NRL fantasy, which was Will and Shane. Power rankings for all the top 20, our bold predictions, and our classic and draft strategy and tips. 20% of profits... From the textbook will be donated to the Bowel Cancer Australia to honour the legacy and contribution to one of the fantasy godfathers in Steve Nichols. And also our partners at Game Day Squad have thrown in a free pack of cards. So for more info, just head over to the Facebook page or visit talkingleaguepod.com. It's going to range at $19.95, but it will also give, we'll also give you a free 15-page sample if you want to try before you buy, but it does help us by supporting the podcast and also a great cause. Our friends at Game Day Squad also will have some major announcements coming up. They've got some huge releases coming up and some huge prizes. So head over to their website at gamedaysquad.com.au. Sign up for free and just stay in touch with all the news. Now, Rolls, let's move on to Cashies. So I'm excited about one of the returns of, I wouldn't call him a fantasy guard, but he was pretty consistent. We're talking about Mitch Dunn, 372K. He's got a break even at 26. Now, Leilua being naughty, Gilbert leaving. We've got a bit of a, a hole here at the Cows, and we, we both think that Dunn's going to fill it. To me, Dunn's probably one of the more exciting cash cows to start with. Um, just because he does have that track record. Mm. And in the last couple of seasons, um, they've been severely injury affected. So, um, starting second rower, we're thinking on the left-hand side for the Cowboys, priced at 26, but averaging 40 points per game when playing over 70 minutes, um, made up of 37 tackles and 56 run metres. So 14 points of value there, we're saying. Yeah, so we're talking Le Lua. I think they were saying 
oh, round 10 by the minimum that he could be back. Healam Luke, he's, I think, slotted somewhere between round five and eight, but we are expecting him to kind of be managed in, right? Yeah, I'd say he's going to start uh, back from Lukey, that is. He will start back from the bench again, TK, and probably play that similar role um, to what he did last year. And then Dunn will start the game, take the sting out of it that first 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. and then um, move back into that middle because they do, they have tagged him as sort of that ball playing middle forward. Um, and they want him in that role potentially for when Lolo's sitting on the bench. Yeah, he's had plenty of games in the past. He's only 25 years old. You know, obviously he's coming in through the ACL injury, but in his favour, it was done in round two. So some, similar to Josh Hodson, who did his in round one. They've had plenty of rehab time. He's got plenty of experience. And I guess, really, his only real competition is what Jack Guzlowski, right? Yeah, and Peyton's too big on one percenters um, to ignore his missed tackles. So I can't see Gajeski getting the starting spot. But I did have a look into Wade Graham, who did his ACL um, a few seasons ago. Was it 2018? Yeah, against the Roosters. And he did it um, the final series against the Roosters. Now, he come back mid-season, and his PPM improved by 0.3 um, on return. So I'm saying Dunn's not going to have a huge regression in his stats he might have a slight regression but because he's big on tackles and not so much on run meters i'm going to say he's going to keep a similar ppm and it like you said he's had that full season so he can come back and play a significant role yeah i think he's the type of guy that especially for beginners that you need to start being aware of because round one we're not looking to have our top team there's no way we can do it with a 10 million cap but we really need to reach around that 14 million mark is that kind of the magic number role yeah, that's what we're working at this year, yeah. Yeah, so to get that, we need to find value for round one. And with him with a break-even of 26, what do you reckon we're projecting here? Projection, I reckon 40 is at least fair here, man. Yeah, I'm going to say 40 points, but on that left-hand edge last year, the, he's only scored – sorry, I'll go back again. He scored two tries in 22 games in the second row. But last year, the Cowboys' left side second rower scored nine tries um, through the season. So I'm going to say there's try scoring ups, more try scoring upside for him there this year. Well, it's fair to say that the Cows, this is the best Cows team that he would play in because it's been kind of lean since he's come into first grade post the kind of Thurston era. Definitely. And I think when he has played first grade um, previously as well, he's sort of done a lot of ball playing in the middle and had to create a little bit, like he's had the odd game at 5 eighths and all that sort of stuff. So there's people there like Drinkwater, um, Dearden, um, Townsend, all those sort of boys there now that can create space for him and he can just um, run his holes. Yeah, I like it, mate. Now, another guy that, well, we thought done like-for-like replacement for Gilbert. Now, the other guy we need to replace is the Hammer. And we're looking at a young bloke called Tom Chester who's been getting plenty of wraps in the lower graves here, Riley. Now, 230K, he's pretty much at basement price, break even to 36. Now, you've done a little bit of research. Send me some videos on him, which was super impressive, but he's, he can play a number of roles. Tell me a little bit about him. Um, so he's a local junior, um, played a lot of 5'8", coming up through the grades with a run-first mentality um, and great footwork, footwork. Has previously played fullback, and then in the under-20s, um, comp a few seasons ago for the Blackhawks. He played sort of um, a ball-playing lock role, um, which his team won that year. So um, a lot of speed um, and doesn't slow down, change in direction, similar to Val Holmes. Come on leaps and bounds. Um, last season sort of come from the clouds in a way. We didn't hear much from him. And then 
um, all of a sudden he was making his debut for the Cowboys. Mm. One to watch because really he's only one injury away. When you think about who they've lost all the way through, I guess they do have Ben Hampton in the background if the halves happen as well. So I guess that's the competition. But they do need to push a younger guy coming through as well. So he could be one injury away from actually being a really good cashy. I think he's going to get first crack by the looks of it too, TK. I see he has been trained in the centres um, pre-season as well. Um, he's got the experience at 5'8". He can play fullback. So um, definitely one to keep an eye on if he does get a start because um, 13 games for the Blackhawks, he's averaged around that 30 to 32 fantasy points. So, um, yeah, at least 10, 15 points of value there if he does get a um, consistent start with a good bit of job security for four to six weeks. Like it, Riley. Put that in the black book, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Chester. All right, moving on. Last night took a L, but tonight I bounce back. Wake up every morning, by the night I count stacks. Knew that ass was real when I hit it, bounce back. You ain't getting checks. All right, bounce back time. Now, Hylam Lukey. Did I pronounce that? Is it, it's it Hylam, right? Is it Helam? Oh, I've always called Helam. Helam, okay. Yeah, I was trying to figure out... Because I just, yeah, you always call him Lukey. Maybe just everyone just don't know how to pronounce his name. But he'll be back around that around five to eight. He's probably going to, well, we're projecting him to start off the bench and be managed. So that 491 is going to drop dramatically. But depending on what happens with Le Lua, he could probably be handy in the back end of the season here, man. Definitely. I'm, like you said, well, he'll ease his way back in um, from the bench. But by the end of the season, he'll at least have that 40 to 55 minute role or. Um, have a permanent starting spot on that left edge. So um, with a four-game sample size of a 0.67 ppm, um, you're looking at an average of 47 points um, in 60 minutes. So if you can get him sort of around the 400K mark, again, there's plenty of value in him. Um, he's a dynamic ball, ru- ball runner and an attacking threat um, with the opposition half. He's hard to handle. Um a try every second game and a line break every second game. So plenty of attacking upside there. Mate, remember when everyone was laughing at your coach when you guys were going to line up Lukey and Nanai for the start of last year? And everyone's going, who are these rookies with absolutely just, they have no hope. And look what they've produced. I really like Lukey too. Like I know that Nanai, great player. He's one of the best edges now in the NRL, but I think Lukey's just as talented. Well, the problem is we're going to have to try and re-sign both of them this year not just one of them. So um, definitely someone we want to keep around the club. And with Leilua there too, like it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I've got a feeling Leilua will move into the middle of the field and Lukey and Nanoi will both start on the edges. Leilua will be that little bit more of a ball player. I know Lolo loves his 13 jersey, but he does play a little bit more of a front row role. Um, these days just a batter and ram running up the middle of the field. So yeah. I'd say that's where Leilua is going to fit in down the track. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, if you're wondering where Luciana Leilua is, he's stood down. So he's not actually in the fantasy game at the moment. So his price isn't quoted. But, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out. I think once he's kind of back in the in the fold, he'll get his price, just like a few others haven't appeared yet, especially the ones that haven't uh, stood down. But So just stay tuned for that one. All right, Riles, let's finish off with a little bit of draft talk. And you want to talk Scotty Drinkwater. Now, he... He had a great season. What he's averaging, what about forty six last year. He does lose the jewel, which kind of maybe hurts him a touch. But what do you reckon? Back to back seasons can maybe hit the elite class this year. Really keen on drink water again this year. 
uh, a quality pickup in round um, five or six, highly durable, failed to miss a game over the last two seasons. So highly unlikely he'll play Origin with New South Wales and the fullback depth they've got. He's in a top side side and he's um, got a very good kicking game, um, which increases his base stats compared to other fullbacks. So, um, yeah, a great pickup um, for draft, especially if your fullbacks like Teddy, um, Trell, KP, if we're going to say he's an elite fullback now. Mm. Um, if they go early, drink water someone to pick up. Yeah, I like it. So round about round four or five, especially if you haven't got a, a good wing fullback early on, I think lock him in and load him in, I think will be good again. That spine's just too good. I think the cows will repeat another top four effort. So that will be huge. All right, Rolls, that was the cows. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. Just remember, Talking League textbook, they'll be out January 30, or you might be listening after January 30. So just check out the website, talkingleaguepod.com, or just head over to Facebook. There'll be plenty of posts about that one. But, Rolly, thank you for your thoughts tonight. You'll be back for the Titans one. Looking forward to doing that one. You'll be doing that as a bit of a duo there with Jakey. Awesome, TK. Up the cows, and, yeah, let's go top four again. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. We'll have more team previews out this week. And just remember, the live Q&As are about to kick off on the Wednesday night. Rolls will be joining me and probably Jakey for the start of it, and we'll rotate it through. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for your company, and we'll check you next time.